Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am the host for the day, Pam Marvin, and today is the 16th of November, high atop St. Mary's Catholic Center, overlooking the beautiful construction of this great big new church. And joining me right now in the studio, I have Dennis Maka. Good morning, Pam. I looked up and I was, I was laughing because we went about five to 10 seconds into the show and I'm like, okay, I think we're, oh, we're on the air. Okay. You got a little sneak preview of the background noises of Red Sea Catholic Radio at the very beginning of the show. And I'm somewhat embarrassed, but not really actually, because I've done far more embarrassing things. Keeping it real. Just keeping it real. (laughs) More embarrassing things on the air. So, and I probably will just in this first segment coming up. So stay tuned for some embarrassing segments. Okay. Well, also joining me this morning, I'm very, very honored and thrilled to have a lovely couple that I have known for many years, Chris and Amber Alejandro. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, we've uh, we've known Pam for a long time. We went to school with her kids here at St. Joseph here in Bryan. And uh, my wife and I have been married for 13 years, 14 years next year. Mm-hmm. And been together 16 years this week. And the reason they're joining us is after this segment, we are going to be talking all things fertility care. So natural family planning, fertility awareness-based methods, And I asked them to join me because they are some of my superhero clients I've had in the past and continue to have, and they just bless me so much. So stay tuned if you want to hear about their testimony after this break. But before that, we've got what's going on in the Brazos Valley? What has gone on? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. We've got a lot going on, a lot going on. Um, Let me see. This past weekend, we had our Victory Sports Championship weekend. I know those of you that are in the... uh, the Palestine area, or let's say the Waco area of our listenership, uh, you're kind of going, okay, enough with the victory sports. But I'm telling you, it's coming your way because I was highly encouraged this past weekend with the families that participated and that the families' reactions to what is going on through victory sports, people were just saying, we need this. We mm. need this. And they were so fired up to be able to go out and tell so many people about what they've experienced. Okay, well, it's not just question. sports. Okay, so are you saying these are the people that came to support their family and loved ones that were it, seeing it? It's the it families here? and the kids that are participating in it. Oh, they just need more of it. Yes, they're obviously we, in we, it. we meaning we as our community, our society, oh, maybe our their world. Family. Oh, gosh. Gotcha. That's a, so amazing. They, our communities need this, is basically what they were saying. Right. We need this in our society. We need people are involved in sports. And as Deacon Mike, our spiritual director, often says, sports is kind of uh, people, the religion of today. It's the religion of America. If you're going to have any sort of religion, sports seems to be it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many people are involved and they tend to neglect the true faith 
You mm-hmm. know, it's sports is what uh, the faith used to be back in the 50s is what he was saying. And so mm. um, it's the cultural glue that builds families together. So we saw that. And we noticed that that's where we need to bring our faith is where people already are. And so we're merging the two together, faith and sports and the beauty of the faith through the beauty of sport. Amazing. I've and always it was, thought it was such a such a fabulous idea to bring in the the virtues through virtue training through sports. Yeah. Oh and one gosh. of the funny thing is, is that there are other faith-based sports leagues here in our community here that they don't keep score and everybody wins a trophy. And, and, you know, this is great because you want to affirm kids, but you know what? Life isn't like that. Life is about winners and losers. Even in the spiritual battle, we lose sometimes. We do. And we need to learn how to battle beyond that loss and we not lose our faith. And absolutely. So the Resilience. Funny, <laughs> it was so cute. Even the little boys teams that lost this the championship game this, this past weekend. Some of them were just in just outright tears. And they were just so having such a hard time being consoled. Ten minutes later, they were on the other side of the field playing with their friends, mm-hmm. laughing. And, you know, so they learned resilience past that moment of disappointment. So, you know what? It's not the end of the world. And, yeah. and we came in second place. That's okay. And we continue on to have great fellowship and great Christian fun with our, our friends. And right. so it was neat. It was really right. beautiful to see and the, the family's reactions. And so... um we had an incredible sunset as a backdrop as some of the, oh. the sports. And so we got a lot of pictures. Um, yeah. But the girls had a great volleyball championship uh, games on Saturday. We had to postpone the boys football games till Sunday because of the weather on Saturday morning. Uh, but they had skills competition. So we had winners there and the, the kids just have a blast. And the parents were cheering on their friend, their family and um, you know, I don't think we had any fist fights going on between parents, yeah. which was nice. We had virtue training for everyone. <laughs> it, it really is. It really yeah, is. Sure. And so um, it was just beautiful to see. And uh, it was beautiful mm-hmm. for me to see again um, because I'm not necessarily a, a sport guy. I'm a. Um, I am. Uh, our family was involved in band. There's competition there. And so you have some of that. But just to see it in action and see the faith being able to integrate with the virtues. And they talk about the virtue of the day and the lesson and perseverance and fortitude. And it was just great. So great. we are very much looking forward to bringing this to the Waco deanery area Yay. as our next stop. So uh, start talking about it now, people, because we have basketball signups now. Uh, we want people in the Brazos Valley to sign up right now for their kids, uh, grades one through six. We need a lot more from the St. Joseph. St. Thomas Aquinas is doing really well on their team numbers, but we need more from St. Joseph, St. Anthony's, and St. Teresa's. We want Got them to, to participate yeah. in bigger numbers. Well, well, speaking how, you know, um, sports can really train us in virtue, Dennis, I'm learning a lot about perseverance and simplicity uh-huh. with our Texas Aggies. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, um, Oh my goodness. They're teaching purgation, me a I think is the word. Well, maybe? no, they're teaching. I mean, I guys, I'm like, no, I'm talking about having to attend the games or watch the games. Oh it gives you gosh. some time off purgatory. That's what yes, I've heard. At yeah. Least. I think that that's absolutely right. But I'm Suffering. learning so much, so much. Cause you know, 15 years ago when this happened, I stopped watching football. And I thought, you know, well, that's not a really loyal fan. I want to be a loyal fan. I want to be a diehard fan. Because <laughs> I, I, when I used to go to some of the games years ago, there was these people who had been going to every Aggie game for like 50 years, could barely even walk, and they wouldn't miss a game no matter how bad oh, yeah. it was. 
you know, but that is some like loyalty and devotion to just the love of the game, right? No matter how painful it is to watch. But I'm just like, okay, I'm learning from this. Like right now, we're all about perseverance and supporting our players and being there and trying to be positive. Being positive in a negative world. That's so important, people. Yeah. It's a lot of virtues to teach through Victory Sports. Uh, VictoryYouthSports.org. VictoryYouthSports.org to find out more information, to contact us, and to sign up for basketball, which is uh, being registered now through the end of the month. That's basketball? Yep. Boys and girls. And And volunteers needed as well? Oh, man. Yeah. We want a lot of volunteers for coaches, for refs, for, you know, we Mm. need a lot that's going to go on to to make this happen. And people are just loving it. Uh, Man. Amazing. Yeah, I get excited about it. And like I said, I'm not a sport guy. So Oh, I am such a sport person. I'm surprised I'm not involved in it. I guess my time is not yet. Yeah. Yes, yeah, not yet, but it's coming. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of what's coming, I'm very <gasps> looking forward to tomorrow <laughs> night here in the Brazos Valley. We have yeah. the Grand Benefit Dinner with oh Father gosh. Simon. Grand as in big, it is big. Wow. We have maxed out the uh, Brazos Center. We have room for two more tables. And literally, that would be 56 tables. Um, we've <gasps> never eight had... Eight toppers, right? Yeah. Wow. We've, 36 is kind of our biggest number of tables ever. And we're, we've almost doubled our benefit numbers within a couple of years. So we've maxed out completely in the, Braz, in the Waco area. So if you want to go find somebody that has a table, go to our website, redcradio.org. Find somebody that has a table, see if they have space, because we completely maxed the hall out there. Nobody can register for anything there anymore. And uh, if you wait probably another hour, you're not going to be able to and attend when is our that benefit one? dinner. Is it Friday. There's just Friday. Ours is Thursday. Back theirs is Friday. Back. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. And we're very excited. So if you want to go to the benefit dinner, uh, go to redcradio.org. That's here in the Brazos Valley. Red, the letter C, radio.org. And you can find out all the information there. Then Saturday, as if two days in a row of benefit dinners is not enough, <sighs> take a deep breath. Yes. We're doing the uh, about a five-hour live broadcast mm. from Belton of the 75th anniversary celebration of oh, our diocese. Diocese of Boston. It opens up with opening mass at mm. 8.30 a.m. with Bishop Vasquez, followed by a break with great interviews of participants in the, uh, in the uh, celebration. And for about 30 minutes, then they have a great talk by Father Dave Pivanka, who is the president of the Franciscan University, Steubenville, and uh, followed by praise and worship by the Dave Moore Band. Oh. Yep. So, and my my nephew, whose birthday is tomorrow, and godson is uh, plays the trumpet for his band. Really? May or may not be here. I would love to see you, Patrick, if you're going to be here on Saturday, but I think he's bringing a smaller group, so... Uh, Dave Moore is an incredible musician. He and his wife, uh, Angela, I believe is her name. Uh, forgive me if I got that wrong. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing praise and worship music with adoration. Um, it's going to be a beautiful event in the Belton, uh, Bell County Expo Center in Belton. So tune in at 8.30 a.m. Saturday morning. Amazing. Yeah. You're doing so much, y'all. Prayers for everyone at the radio station. There's, yeah, we'll take this them. This is a very uh, busy time of year, <laughs> uh, but big blessing upon blessing. And so just for that perseverance, fortitude, and abundant energy to get for, through. So. For all my Czech family and friends in Central Texas, we will be, we will be lifting a PIVO uh, privately on my own on Saturday night to celebrate getting through these next okay. this this week. Yes. PIVO is beer and Czech. In Czech, okay. Yeah. You, 
Okay. We could have one there at the benefit. in Japanese. Oh, yeah. So you could have a beer, wine, coffee. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be great. The benefit dinners are going to be so much fun this year. Amazing. They're fun every year, but I'm so excited about I thoroughly enjoyed them. It's like, for me, it's such that family time of being with people that are so like-minded with me, that love radio, love good Catholic radio Mm -hmm. information. It just blesses me. Doors open at six for fellowship hour. So people get there early. People get there earlier than that. The Brazos Center off Highway 6 and then Tours Hall in uh, West, essentially. It's just to the... It's south, to, just to the southeast of west. Does that make any sense? Southeast of west. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like who's on first. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. We understand. We're very excited. I'm very excited about the topic today for the show. Too. Because I can't believe I have never done it before. NFP is something that you you specialize in it and is. it has been very wonderful for our family. And I was saying before, uh, you know, some people would look at our family with six kids and go, NFP, please, it, like it works for your family. Mm-hmm. No, it's not about birth control. It's about mm-hmm. having kids uh, according to God's plan. Mm-hmm. And our kids are timed out. So when we hit our third kid and Andrew, I'm talking to you, uh, your birthday is tomorrow too. You were a challenging kid. So we waited three years till our next kid because we needed some time. And an NFP enabled us to space our kids according to God's plan and our abilities. Amen. So it's, I, it was awesome. So yeah. listen up, people, for the second part of the show. Right. So I um, have never done this show before. I, I've been doing this radio show for probably about six years, about as long as I've been an NFP practitioner, never done it before. Yeah. So the time has come. I'm very excited to have... Amber and Chris with me today, and hopefully Rodney will be joining us soon too, another practitioner, and we will be talking all things fertility awareness, um, natural family planning, and we're hoping this will be very educational and supportive because people want this, women want this, men want this too, and we'll be talking more and more about that, and I hope it will bless you very much. So Mm -hmm. after this break that's coming up, we'll be talking with Rodney Bame and Christopher and... Amber Alejandro on natural family planning. So until then. Yeah, Pam, I'm so sorry I took up. I, if you can't tell, I'm like running on adrenaline. So my, yeah. my I'm just talking 100 <laughs> miles an hour. And so I took up so much of the time talking today. But I, I really excited about the show, about the benefit dinner, about everything that's been happening with Red Sea Apostolate. God is growing it in ways that we can't even imagine. And we got some great announcements to come for the benefit dinner about things to come for the next year. God has made some to big that. plans. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. So stay tuned for the second part of Red Sea Roundup, folks. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host, Pam Marvin. And I just want to let everyone know that if you have any questions over this next 
uh, 40 minutes or so, we'll be discussing natural family planning and fertility awareness. You can call us at 85LOVERED-C, 855-683-7332. We would love to field your questions. I have a panel here of amazing humans who really know what they're talking about. Joining us in the studio again is Rodney Bain. Welcome, Rodney. Thanks, Pam. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. So you have like lots of little letters behind your name, but the one I'm most interested in is fertility care practitioner. That's the it's only one buddy. that really counts <laughs> most of the time. No. That, and, that and father. Father, dad, yep. and husband. That's right. right. That's okay. correct. But you're very busy over at the university as well. Uh, yes, but, you know, there's always time for those things that are really important. Mm, for sure, for sure. And I also have um, kind of a witness couple and extraordinaire that I just, I'm just in love with them, their family and what they do and the, the way they live their lives together. And it, it's Amber and Christopher. So welcome, guys. Happy to be here. Yeah. Happy to be here. And uh, thanks for inviting us on. Yes. Well, I'm so glad you could make it. <laughs> so we're going to start with just kind of like who we are. Um, Rodney, I would like to start with him because he is in charge of the Fertility Care Center here at St. Mary's. And kind of how you fell into that role. How did you become a practitioner? I mean, it's not as often you'll see a man as a fertility care practitioner. So how did that all work? How did you come into this role? Well, Pam, Ann and I have been married for 44 years. And uh, a number of years ago, we decided that we were going to practice natural family planning because it was the only reasonable way for us to make sure that we were choosing children at the right time and the right schedule for us. And we fell into this very early on. So we have six children, and the six, the six were all exactly uh, along the lines of what we wanted to do. We knew exactly when we were going to become pregnant, with the exception of the first one. <laughs> the first one was a surprise, but that's because it was it was a lot of fun. And after that, we decided, well, this is something we want to do. Long, long time after that, we moved around, had a number of different children, and again, are married to an amazing woman, and we decided that we were going to start working with marriage prep. And when we came to St. Mary's, we continued working with marriage prep. And when one night we were meeting with a couple, and one of our sessions was talking about natural family planning, and we had practiced it for a number of years and knew about it, and so it was natural for us to talk about it. The couple said... We'd love to practice natural family planning, but there's not enough practitioners mm. in the St. Mary's area. So that night I looked at Ann and I said, okay, Ann, that's it. We're not going to be doing marriage prep anymore. We're going to go become practitioners. If there's somebody who wants to practice natural family planning and there's not enough practitioners around the area, we're going to go do that. And so that's how I got started probably about eight years ago and have had an amazing journey both with the training as well as the education, as well as meeting with some just incredible clients and have seen just tremendous change in people and the appreciation for their fertility and the empowerment that this actually gives people. Amen to that. That is so true. It's been all of our experiences, and we'll impact that a little bit more as the show goes on. But you took over um, administrator of the Fertility Care Center here about six years ago? About six years ago. That's okay. correct. Yeah, it was from Melissa Buckin. Melissa mm -hmm. had started this and got it all up and running and kind of organized us chickens and kept us yes. all going properly, you know, and right. then you joined us about four years ago. Right. And uh, right now we've got three active uh, Creighton model practitioners and others who are practicing uh, septothermal as well. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. It's really been so fascinating. I've learned so much. It's actually been six years. Can you believe that? I cannot believe I've been working for uh, CHI St. Joseph for six years, um, helping them out in that category. Well, also now I want to hear a little bit about your story, Alejandro. So y'all were starting to tell me, you you both have a little bit um, of your own like testimony, but I want to start with Amber because she was really the driving force between um, getting into the program to begin with. So Amber, go ahead and and start to tell us your story about um, just your background and what led you to NFP. Okay, so um, I was... I had just given birth to twins and um, it was the time of after you give birth, the six weeks is up and they tell you, okay, let's figure out your birth control. And what, what do you want to do? And it's been on my heart for quite some time to um, do something that was in line with God's will, but I still wanted to avoid because <laughs> I just had twins. So um, I prayed right before and told him, told God, uh, if this is in your will, it'll happen. If not, you know, there's something else. So long story short, I go into the um, doctor's office and they are unable to put the uterine IUD in because my uterus was collapsed and folded and it was like this freak accident. And I'm laying there and I'm like, that's all God. Yes. And how old are you at this point? um, I mean, it's not. I was 25, 25. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I didn't, they, all they told me afterwards was, okay, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to get um, injections now for, for birth control. And I was like, no, I think I can find a better way. And um, at the time, my doctor was Dr. Damien, and she introduced me to Pam, and then the rest was history. Mm-hmm. I went home and told my husband, hey, I found something great. I don't know if you're going to like it, but <laughs> uh, it's aligned with God's will, and I feel like he's really calling me to do this. And it was a huge weight lifted from my shoulders that it was something that— I could, you know, respect life with mm-hmm. because right after I um, didn't get the IUD, I looked up what happens when um, you have an IUD or you have intercourse. There's the egg doesn't attach the wall, but an egg is created. And so I felt very convicted. Like how many times was there an egg created that didn't attach to the wall? Yeah, you're talking about a, like actually the embryo. Yes, the yeah. embryo. Yes. Yeah. And so it was a very kind of sad morning process that I didn't really understand how the IUD worked. Right. And afterwards it was, after explaining to my husband, it went, he agreed. Right. And so um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting Christopher's viewpoint. We don't often get the guys in here, but look at us. It's like, a, we're outnumbered by the guys in this, in here today. <laughs> <It's great. laughs> um, but Christopher, I want to talk to you a second about like, what was going through your mind when your wife comes home and says, natural family planning. Well, I mean, just be honest. I want to hear it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, because the guys sure. can really relate to you on this. Yeah, um, you know, speaking from a male perspective, um, I've never been told no from my wife, no sex today, right? So that that was a problem for me. And like you said, it was fun at first. Our first child did come earlier earlier than expected. Uh, we were nineteen, eighteen, and nineteen years old. Um, but when she comes home and says, "This is what it is," um, I was a little annoyed I guess to be honest because I mean again I've never been told no by my wife we can't have intercourse so um you know I, of course I went along with what she wanted to wanted to do and you know I wasn't a hundred percent on board I'm like okay let's see what happens because as a male we're we take you're wired differently right right yeah right. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we're wired differently and this isn't stuff you learn in school like they're, right. they're told you uh 
birth control, condoms, that's it. Like there is no training whatsoever in how to do this naturally and to think people knew this way before the science came out, before estrogen, progesterone, all that stuff. Like this was known in ancient days that there were times that women could not get pregnant. And it's it, it would baffle me like, huh, so you're telling me that a woman can only get pregnant six days out of six, seven, six to eight days out of the month, but I can have sex all those other days? I'm like, okay, cool. Like I, I, I can get with that. But again, with the first reaction of, hey, uh, this is what we're doing. That wasn't explained to me, of course, mm -hmm. uh, that there's only certain days that you can do it. But you know, after speaking to you and how confident you were, because as a man, I look at other people, other men and women is how confident are you in your craft? Mm -hmm. I, I, I can pick up on that very easily. Mm -hmm. So I, I watched, not that I didn't trust you. That's okay. But I, I watched. I, I, I will uh, take the scrutiny. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to add something to Rodney? I do. I, my training is engineering. And that's what I teach as well as engineering. So I look at everything as a scientist and as an engineer. And that's what drew me to the being a fertility care practitioner for the Creighton model because of the science associated with it. And when you go through all of that and you go through the training and you go through all of those kinds of things, you recognize how incredibly special and precious a mm. woman is. And now you realize, wait a minute, is a man... I, I'm not really honoring that. And when you go through the training together as a couple, I want to speak to this whole concept of no. I absolutely and bring all of the men involved and have them being very active and doing the yes. charting because I do not believe the woman should earn own the word no. Yeah, I that call is it, a couple decision. Yeah, it I call is, it being the gatekeeper. That's right. There's not no the reason. No, it's it's absolutely. That's why it's so. It brings people together. It is something that is just so incredible when you realize the fertility is such a gift, and it is such a gift, particularly in the mystery of a woman's body and how it works together. Men are very simple. I'm sorry, we're just. We're simple. Yeah, we are. We are. I, I was going to wait till you said that. I wasn't going to say it's okay. No, I, we are. We're very, very simple, you know. But a woman's body is so incredible, and this is how we can honor it. Mm, that's so good. That's so true. Thank you for that. And so, Christopher, I mean, it didn't happen overnight that you were like, okay, well, I I remember you see, seeing your face looking at me with all that skepticism. <laughs> but I also remember seeing right to your heart. It's like your love for Amber was so deep and so great that you wanted what's best for her. And you were like, okay, baby. You're leading on this. I'm letting you lead the way, and you trusted her with the process. So, so let's pick it up from there about what was going through your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, again, uh, it, it was very new to me, and um, I've always been fascinated with science, right? So my Instagram handle is Science and Gains. Yeah. Uh, and um, recently, in the past two or three years, I've actually gone into um, – hormones and blood work. And I am fascinated by the female body, you know, cause you have estrogen, progesterone going up and down all day. You got testosterone coming with it. And the more I learn about it, the more I can appreciate natural family planning. And it's, it's very new. You go to Instagram, there's always somebody talking oh, no, down sure. on, on birth control. This is what you do. Um, you know, there's the Creighton model, there's the, the temperature method, um, Marquette. There's so many different aspects out there that it, it's really, it's really too accessible now, but again, practitioners like y'all who come in and educate are, are highly mm -hmm. undervalued. And 
um, I help a lot of women in my craft. Um, I, I am an online trainer, but I specialize in hormonal health and women. Um, and I've helped them with PCOS that have gotten it from birth control um, mm. and now have fertility issues. So I don't work with them in an aspect that y'all do and that y'all legally can, but I give them, hey, talk to your doctor about this. Talk to your right. doctor about that. And then they're able to conceive in that aspect. Yeah. But the female body is, again, it's it's truly amazing. And it's something that I hold dear and value to my heart now through my wife because mm-hmm. I can pass it down to my girls. I have three girls. Right. And I want them all to have that education on their bodies. And women are not educated on their body. We take a, you know, a little BS um, class, you know, sixth, seventh grade. But other than that, it, this isn't taught. And we're taught, take the pill, take the shot, put this IUD in and live your best life. Okay. Right? Okay. So, but let me ask you, when did the light bulb go off after you guys started? You like, okay, I'm going to follow you on this, Amber. When did the light bulb go off that you're like, wow, this is such a better way? I would say maybe about six, two months, six months to a year in, because again, with birth control, you can just have sex whenever you want. But when you are a natural family planning, you realize, okay, my wife doesn't want to have a child right now. We don't want to have a child right now. We have to abstain, but there's that yearning, right? So for, for anybody listening, if you don't understand the female body in that aspect, um, they're very fertile. So they give off scents. Uh, the, the, the cervical mucus Not is Not everybody, is but yeah. Right. Uh, the, the, the cervical experience. mucus is very thick. Yeah, no, I hear that sometimes. So, Rodney, do you hear that sometimes as well? Uh, not not quite in that way, but... Uh, right, yeah. No, I've so, heard it a couple of so, times. So uh, yeah. to... to Stay on topic, off topic. There's actually a study done where um, there was a lot of females um, and, and males as when they were married, when the female got off of birth control, oh, yeah. they actually divorced their husbands because it actually alters their mind state and who they're attracted to, who they're naturally attracted to, mm-hmm. what kind of man they're attracted to. So when they got off birth control, they got a divorce and come to find out a lot of it was with, from the birth control because it, free males, it changes the pheromones. The pheromones yeah. right? It, it mm-hmm. changes what kind of male you are attracted to. And I can honestly tell, I mean, obviously we know when she's fertile, we've been doing it for five, six years now, but my body knows and urge has urges for her without having to know, Oh, today is she, she's, she's peak, right? You just know, I just know. And there's things that I can smell and her. And if, if you look into the science of it, I mean, their skin clears up their, their breasts are perkier. Uh, there's, there's, there's signs for that, but, you appreciate it more because when you can finally make love to your wife, it's something you've been wanting to do. It's not just uh, yeah. it's, it's one of those things where we can have it every day. Sure. Like right. you have candy every day. You don't appreciate it. But right. when you go on a diet, right. It, it's, and it's you have the pumpkin candy. spice latte, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, when when, when no, you I, have it, you I appreciate remember you it. really explaining that to me later. Like, you know, like Miss Pam, they must call me Miss Pam. It's just so different now. The appreciation level yes. it just went really far up. I remember you all saying that just appreciation because you had that abstinence for a while and mm-hmm. the natural um, abstaining and being able to be with one another was like, you're like, this is just really improved. I remember you saying that it just really, it's made things so much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the song. It feels like the first time. Yeah, right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. you have to abstain for so long and yeah. you have that yearning for your wife. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Well, you started to allude to it and I want to talk about it a little bit more with Rodney here. We're going to talk about some of the other methods that are out there. And I have a little note here that I took this from the Diocese of Austin website about the three main categories of the different types of fertility care 
um, awareness models. Cervical mucus method, which is what Rodney and I teach, is a Creighton model. The symptom thermal method, and there's other names for it too. No, yeah, symptom thermal is the typical name of it. Is that like there's couple to couple? Is that that's a they teach the symptom thermal method. Okay, and then there's symptom hormonal method, which is like Marquette. Yeah. That's the one we're currently using. You're, you're currently using Marquette? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll talk about that here in just a second, though. Um, so there's, like, different methods. And when I go and do, like, help out with marriage prep and stuff, I usually try and categorize, well, how do you choose? So right. what would you say about, like, when people ask, well, how do you choose what's right for you? Well, first of all, just choose one. The Diocese of Austin wants you to preferably consider everyone choosing a natural family planning methodology. Mm-hmm. And many times people will choose the one that is appeals to them or feels the most comfortable to them. A simple thermal, you take a the difference between that and what we talk about in terms of the mucus method is simple thermal still uses mucus, but it also adds a temperature component to it. So you're starting to identify the temperature every day. Sometimes you'll also see apps that are available widely, and there's a, a number of different apps that are available that integrate with the temperature model as well. Um, the other one is the hormonal. I'm not as familiar with that one, so maybe y'all can speak to mm-hmm. that one. The Creighton model one, obviously, is what we spent um, quite a bit of time training on. Uh, we spent 15 months pretty intensively training and then uh, making sure that we understood the science behind it. And they're still learning. And they're still learning. And yeah. there's still research going on, and there's still everything going on with that. One of the things that I really like about that is the opportunity where we get a chance to meet with couples and really clear up a tremendous amount of misunderstanding and misunder, you know, misinformation. What we're doing, more than anything else, and Pam and you and I know this, is we're helping the couple read the woman's body and how the woman's body is trying to communicate to you in a very simple manner. Some people get intimidated by it because, you know, you hear all the terms and you, what this method or that method or anything like that. The best thing to do is to recognize that there are loving people ready to help you in any way possible Mm. and give you that opportunity to answer any questions, to deal with any issues, to clear up any misconceptions. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to the Creighton model is because we get a chance to spend one-on-one time with each one of our clients and get a chance to know them. I had a client come in once. I was looking at their chart. And I was asking some questions as we normally do. And I looked at her chart and I went, you're pregnant, aren't you? And she said, I absolutely am. And they were just beaming. Mm. They hadn't told anybody else yet. Maybe it was just something you could see in the chart. And that's something that I know you've experienced. It is just incredible to be able to see that. So the three different methods really, again, the mucus model, the central thermal uses mucus to a certain extent as well. The Creighton model is a very, very standard one where we get a chance to work with physicians if we identify any issues. We're not physicians. We don't make diagnoses. We help the physicians read the book, and that's what we go for. And and the one way I like to try and break it down when I'm, you know, talking to – like if you're trying to decide which model is right for you, and you guys can jump in here because we want to hear a little bit more about the Marquette because I'm not as familiar with it as you are – but I usually will say, you've got these three models here. 
Um, some people with the central thermal like that there's like a two, four, like you've got the mucus and the temperature. So they like that backup and that's what they're comfortable with having the two things with, um, what we teach with the Creighton model, Rodney and I is related to NAPRO technology, which stands for natural procreative technology. And to this day in, in not, I don't think just my opinion, I think this is pretty honest to say it is the most thorough information about the women's health care. I usually say it's like a whole vol- more volume worth of information that is not in the status quo. So if a woman is struggling with irregularity or any type of problem um, and they need some extra help, come to learn how to chart like with Rodney or myself or Aaron Atkinson, who's also in our community and Rodney, I always say, you know, your body has a story. I mean, not yours, Rodney, but yeah, <laughs> the women's body has a story to tell us and is there for us to read. And that is the compass that will point the physician in the right direction because they can kind of see deficiencies or where things are not going quite right. So if you have some type of concern about your cycles, Creighton's the best model for you for mm-hmm. sure. And also there's continuing research going on. So it's not just uh, a static. Yes. And mm-hmm. so there is evidence based on all of these things, continuing research. And we keep up with that through continuing education. And that's part of what we have to do as part of our um, being a practitioner. Right. But you know, it's really on my heart to just let people know out there that especially young women, I, I had this experience this weekend of a mom with her 15 year old who's having a lot of issues. And of course they've been putting her on um, the pill and we had this great conversation to say, no, this is not okay. And this is the help that you can get. So if your child or your um, a young adult knows something's not wrong and women know when something's not right. Creighton model is best for you and seek that out. My brothers and sisters, that's just such amazing part. So you don't have to struggle. You don't have to use a band aid. go and find out what the underlying ca- cause is. Cause NAPRO technology is a restorative medicine. It wants to restore your body to the way God intended it to function. And one last point on that is Many times we see couples when they're about to get married, and I would really love to see more women get in touch with their body long before they ever were thinking about getting married. That's Mm. the time to do this. And I've had many tremendous successes with single women, and when they are able to understand what's going on with their body, it's so empowering. You can see just the change in them and their confidence level. And that's what I strive for. Right, right. Well, I want to not to gloss over the the Marquette because Marquette's really been picking up some steam here lately. Have we? Pe- people have really enjoyed it. So so tell us your story. You've done both now, but tell us mainly how it works. Well, um, we're a few months in with the Marquette method. And um, I wouldn't say I'm 100% on Marquette that, Marquette method yet because I'm still using Cretan model as a backup because uh, I'm so well versed in it and uh, Marquette is very you um, pee on a stick and put it in the monitor and that's it and I don't know if I can trust that mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. 100% and so, what does the monitor say uh, the monitor will say uh, low high or peak and um, you test you you know you use the restroom in the morning um, it's the first uh, urine and you hold it for 15 seconds on the stick and put it in the monitor and it'll read it. Um, it'll take five minutes to read and then that's it. That's your whole thing for the day. You don't look at any more signs. You don't right. um, 
do anything and then you just start tomorrow. So what I've... It, what I've started to tell people if they choosing Marquette, it's like usually these are your busy moms have no cycle issues and don't have a lot of time. And they have the, the a, a means, um, the financial means, because it yes. can get expensive. It's very expensive at first. And especially if for the first six months they tell you to keep testing um, until you have a good solid chart to follow. So the test strips are $30 um, alone. And then on top of the, the fertility monitor, which is 150 and then also getting a fertility specialist is about two, 200 to 225 So at first, it's very expensive, and then the monthly cost is about 30 to $40 for the test. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something to get used to, but it is great for, like you said, moms, because I can mm-hmm. test and know that I'm done, and then if I still feel unsure, I can back up on the Creighton model, which I have been, just to make sure, because right. we're still in avoidance, period. Right, and... Rodney, interest, you might find this interesting. I have a, a recent client who the NAPRO doc said, well, because she's a continuous mucus person, says, well, you may want to just add this in to give you more confidence of your actual highs. And I thought that was interesting that they said you know, just the, mm-hmm. the luteinizing hormone strips. So let me, you said something very quickly, and I want to just make oh, sure okay. the audience recognizes continuous mucus. Um, some most people will have an, a period of time where they're dry and they won't have mucus associated with it. But some women will have continuous mucus, and you understand that. And one of the great things is, is and we've had several clients with that. When I look at a chart, and you know, you say, okay, well, you know, we're not going to be able to have sex at all because all these days yes, have mucus yes, on them. So I mean, yeah. that's what you worry about. And and of course, I see the men. I see the men sweating whenever we're going <laughs> through this, and and that's what I do. I, I feel like as a man, I'm able to really relate to the guys and go, hey, look, this is going to be okay. Just let us work through the process. And when we've worked through this other process using the science associated with it, you look back at the chart and you go, there it is. We got it. And now we see the cycle and it's so incredible. So what I don't want people to do is to walk away and go and think, oh, I've got continuous mucus. This is never going to work for me. That's not true. Not there true. is always a method and a way for us to work with everyone. Right. And on top of that, I'm noticing more and more that if it is a really chronic, there's some other things, issues going on that the NAPRO physicians can do to help. There's like a the cauterization of the cervix or there's different things. There's different protocols that can help to, to lessen the mucus. But symptoms. the beautiful thing that you said before is, is that this can be a restorative process. It doesn't have to be a preventative process. Right. It can be a restorative. And, you know, this is all coming new. Most of the physicians, you know, when you and I were, you know, when Ann was having children, we were having children, that was not all of this research. It was just brand new. Nobody really had it. Now we're seeing much more and we're seeing much more of a restorative time. Right. And I'm going to tell a funny story, but I, was, I want to move a little bit into the theology of it. So you're going to have to help me out with that section because we are flying through our time together. But I have a cute story. Uh, I tell this all the time because over the years, so six years now, three, four years apart, I was giving introductory sessions at marriage prep. Um, and we're here in Aggie land, you know, big ag farmers, ranchers, that kind of thing, science. So at two different times, over years apart, a couple will come up to me afterward, Miss Marvin, Miss Marvin, we're animal science majors, and we've learned this about the cattle. But we've never learned it about us as human beings. And I always say, well, that's why I have a job, is because here I am to teach the science. 
So I think that just just gives you kind of an idea of like how this time has come. We're here. We want to learn more about it. Um, but I want to kind of transition that because why ultimately do we even care about using natural family planning? And that comes down to honoring our body in the way that God intended us to use it. So there's this little of the theology of the body that comes in with this uh, as being fully giving of each other um, to one another is the way Christ intended. Well, you know, we make a promise, and we make a promise when we get married that there will be no other, right? So we make a promise that we're going to be committed to you. I'm going to be committed to Anne for the rest of my life. That's the promise that we make before God. That's the covenant that we make. Well, we also made another promise, and that is to be open to life. And if we make that promise to God at the same time that we're making the promise of, oh, I'm going to be committed to you, oh, maybe not all the time, so maybe only 90% of the time am I going to be open to life? Does that mean I'm going to be 90% committed to you? Right. I don't think that works very well. So to me, that's the most easiest way for me to understand, no, I'm, I really am going to be open. To, I'm going to be good on both of those promises because I've made them before God. I'm going to be committed to you, but I'm also going to be open to life. Right. The way I like to explain it, too, is uh, when you use natural family planning, you are giving 100% of yourself to your spouse. Whereas people that contracept says, you know, baby, I love you. I'm going to give you all of me except my fertility. I'm, I'm going to withhold that. And there's a psychological impact, you know, and, and I want to tell you, I really think it impacts the dudes a lot more sometimes. Like that we're really... The women are going, yeah, I don't want that. That's not what I want, you know? And they're like, wait, this is my gift, right? Guys are the gift givers. We're the receivers. That's the way it works, right? And they, I've seen it, like, over time, them being kind of like, what? You know? It also um, can lead to objectification yes. of a woman. And I think that is such a sad part of our society. You know, the whole theology of a body really delved into some of the difficulties and things that were happening to where women are no longer considered the special creatures that they are. And I think that's a tremendous travesty. It, it certainly is. And and actually just trying to really get back and turn back the clock to the appreciation of just the amazing wonder of what the woman's body can do. And in fact, what they do together. I always like to go back to the couple aspect as we were talking there in the beginning saying, and you've always said this best about two parts of the system. So please tell that story. I love it when you do that in the intros. Well, uh, you know, one of the things that I, I'm not sure exactly where you're going with this, but uh, one of the things that I really like to do is I like to talk about that it takes two people and it takes two parts. It takes two things together. A woman's body is very inhospitable to um, the sperm cells, except for a period of time when you come together. And that is a, the period of time when the women are, are uh, fertile. But when you have the two working together, you can now build up that same level of understanding and confidence. And again, going back to you appreciate each other and you appreciate the two parts that now become one, and now it is creating an additional life. Yep. So much love. Life comes into being. I love that. I love that. So the couple other things I want to squeeze in here in the last 10 minutes we have, if you can believe it's gone by that fast, is basically like some of 
just the challenges. We want to talk about the challenges, Chris and Amber, that you guys have faced and how you overcame them. Yeah. So, um, again, some of the challenges as a male is, you know, wanting to express the love to my yes. wife. Right. <laughs> right. Especially when she's fertile, because that's when I want her most mm-hmm. naturally. Um, but, you know, as a male, we have to learn that we must master our hormones. And I like what you said Your about passions, the, right? right? And I like uh-huh. what you said about the objectivity of women. It's, it's taken out of context. Someone be like, oh, well, it says in the Bible, women's breasts are for man's pleasure. Sure, during the appropriate time, but you have to have that mutual respect that, okay, do we want to conceive right now? I, with Amber, every pregnancy is hard. It takes two to three years for her to not only be pregnant, breastfeed, and just go through this, you know, possible uh, postpartum depression, right? It, it, it's very real with most women. So we have to master our hormones. And that's one of the hardest things to do because we have these urges as a male. That's what helped us get to where we are as as, as a primitive species. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have the, the urge to reproduce and to pass on our genes. And I've always wanted a big family. And uh, we talk about all the time when we first met you, I had put that I was open to more kids and she wasn't. And that's back when we only had four kids and now we have five. And I'm like, well, we got five. Why not six or why not eight? Right. Yeah. To, to me. <laughs> well, tell them how old your youngest is. My youngest is uh, almost a year and a half and my oldest is 13. Yeah. So a year and a half still, she's still recovering. I'm yes, sorry. yes, <laughs> e- exactly. Right. There's about a three year time period. Yeah. And um, all of our kids are about three and a half years apart. So we have. Um, an oldest boy who's 13, a girl who's um, nine, the twins are five and a half, and then the baby's a year and a half. So everybody's about three and a half years apart, and it takes about, her about three years to recover, and then I somehow persuade her with my good looks to give yeah. me another child. <laughs> but, you know, to me, having a big family is is a flex, right? It's like a look at my family. That's the that's acronym for, like, look. It's it's what they say celebrating your wins. Right, that's right. for you. Having a large family is celebrating a win. This exactly, is like, exactly. And well, let me stop you there because Paul and I had this moment not too long ago. We had a, we got this big family picture. So I have five kids, and I've got two of them are married now and children. And we had a big, huge family picture. And Paul and I were having a little date night, having a little cocktail on the couch and looked at each other. And he was looking at that picture over my shoulder and this light bulb goes off in his mind. Pam, you remember in the Bible where it said, God will bless us for our descendants to be as numerous as the stars. The primary way he blesses us is through our children. Yeah. And those of us who really embrace our fertility and want to give the Lord as many babies as we can handle and that he'll let us handle is the way he blesses us. Look at Abraham, right? Absolutely. That's he had so to good. wait. He had to wait. Uh, but, yeah. you know, it, it came time for his lineage and we're, it's still talked yeah. about today. So it is such a great blessing to embrace it this way. Um, gosh, I'm kind of a little speechless because I just I want to rest in that moment. It's just so good. Um but is there anything else you guys want to start talking about as we just have these last six minutes to, to wind down about what you'd like to say about uh, the natural family planning, your experience about it, what you love about it, uh, what frustrates you, all of the above? Well, I think um, it's going to be uh, something that we can pass down to our generation. And coming from a Hispanic community where I feel like this is not talked about because um, 
that is a private matter that you, you know, families, Hispanic families don't talk about it as much. That's, you just don't. And uh, I want to change that. We're generational chain breakers and I want our children to um, have this understanding and not have to rely on, you know, birth control and to be fully informed beforehand to make great decisions. So that way our generations will be blessed and they can teach it down the line. And, but we started it first. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the more outreach we can give, especially to Hispanic communities, like, no, you don't have to to birth control. There are other ways. Mm -hmm. I think that is something that I feel called to do and to share light on. And, um, Okay, we're going to talk about yeah. this about the, after the show because I have some thoughts on that, okay? okay. So, Sounds we'll, great. We'll, yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know, Pam, one of the things that God has asked the men, and particularly in society, has to do is to become the spiritual leader of their family. And we have a brochure from the Diocese of Austin that says what women need to know about, I mean, what men need to know about birth control. And I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. There's so much misinformation. Women are so much more in tune with your bodies, and you know what's going on. Men are clueless. Um, we, most men, we're clueless about what actually goes on. You are a complete and total mystery to us. And I think that is one of those kinds of things where since you're a mystery, we, we just don't even think about it. We don't know about it. We don't have enough questions. We don't even know how to frame the question. So my whole idea is getting more men to talk about birth control and help them talk about how to do this without having to do contraception, without having to understand, with understanding the woman's body and being able to understand a natural way to do it. A woman's body is a book. We can teach you how to read it. Mm. We taught people how to check their heart rate, and we can do that same way with a book. So I want the men in the audience to prayerfully consider honoring their wives, spouses, girlfriends, acquaintances by understanding more about natural family planning and be the encouragement and the spiritual leaders that I believe God asks us to be. Amen to that. Well, you know, it, I would be remiss if I didn't share one of my greatest infertility stories that I've seen to come across. And I want to just say that uh, the two main things we see that are causing infertility these days are polycystic ovaries, number one, endometriosis, number two. And I'm starting to see a lot of male infertility with uh, poor motility and sperm count. And that's a real thing. It's kind of creeping in um, for a lot of the same reasons we're having our hormonal problems. So the guys are starting to creep in there too. But my success story, I had a beautiful young woman come to me. She was like maybe my second or third client I ever had six years ago. And to she had some underlying health problems we didn't really even know, but she was having repeated miscarriages. So she was able to get pregnant, but not keep. Um, after she was diagnosed with full-blown full blown diabetes, she went on to have um, the ovarian wedge resection. And she just kept a positive attitude and kept going. And literally five years later, her son was conceived. And he's about a year old today. And her perseverance and her peace of heart and giving it to God was so beautiful. So if you're out there and you're really struggling with some infertility, I always like to say subfertility. There's an underlying cause there. Find a Creighton practitioner, a NAPRO doctor. The NAPRO that Rodney and I work with, the center is Caritas and Sugarland with Jamelka Cargis and Hernandez. They are top in their class in their league. They are fellows with NAPRO technology. They know the most there is to know 
about the underlying issues. And so you're not alone. There are people out here who want to walk with you like Rodney and myself. Um, It's been one of the greatest pleasures and honor of my life to help parents get their babies to the planet. Now, I don't say that we are 100%. It's not 100%. But what I've seen over the last um, six years, the the statistic that we use in our intro session is about 80% will go on to achieve, which is way greater than in vitro fertilization or some of the other reproductive arts. It's a lot better and um, more successful. I've had similar similar successes as well, PCOS and... Uh, um, we started a, um, novena to marry undoer of knots. And when we did that, um, about, you know, a few weeks later, they were pregnant as well. So we're, yes. you know, believe in the Great. power of prayer, the bow Amen. power of being able to be re- resting and calm as well as the technology to be able to pull things together. Yeah. And so I'll ask all my listeners right now, I have particularly one person on my mind and my heart who is a beautiful Catholic couple that are trying to conceive right now, working diligently with the physician as well. So I would ask you to say a prayer for this couple and say a prayer for in Thanksgiving for all my couples that have through the NAPRA technology been able to conceive their child and bear a child. And I just pray for you too, if you've been struggling with your fertility. Guys, I can't believe it's gone by so fast, but Amber, Christopher, Rodney, even Dennis, thank you guys so much for joining me. You can see I'm very passionate about this. Love what I do. If you need more information, you can find me through this, the radio station or through the St. Mary's website under NFP. But until next time, go and love your neighbor. Shake off, rumors and talking.